Welcome to Econa Day Unplugged. Today is Tuesday, September 11th. I am Ann Picker, Econa Day's Chief Economist, and with me today are Jeremy Hawkins in London and Mark Pender here in the U.S. Jeremy, you have a full slate of central bank talk this week. I do. That's right. Although it's got to be said, it probably won't be the most interesting of time for financial markets. Nonetheless, obviously, when we do get a central bank meeting, it's always always worthwhile keeping an eye on. ECB and Bank of England then get together on Thursday. Um, ECB, I suspect, will garner the main attention. Well, of course, strictly speaking, there's not a lot really going on there on paper, at least until we get into next year. As of June, they they outlawed, outlaid um, their plans for quantitative easing. So we should see a monthly net purchases being cut to 15 billion euros as of October. And of course, they're still planning on ending quantitative easing altogether by the end of the year. Now, it's extremely unlikely they'll make any change to that when we get to Thursday. And indeed, the general forward guidance about interest rates being kept at current level. So in terms of the benchmark referee rate course, that's still zero. That's going to be maintained through uh, through summer of next year. Um, I suppose just in terms, you know, what could go wrong from here? Well, I think we've talked in the past about perhaps the economy not living up, up to expectations. And on the whole, I think that's still really the case. Um, from the inflation side, of course, we still got a core rate, which is running at just 1%. And that's been stuck now between 0.8% and 1.2% for more than a year now. So it's kind of difficult to say there's much of an uptrend going on there. And um, indeed, just looking at the, uh, the second quarter GDP data, it takes a long time for them to put out the GDP expenditure components. But from those, we've gleaned that uh, household spending in the second quarter was only up 0.2% on a quarter-on-quarter basis. So that's a slowdown. Um, And other bits and pieces which sort of raise some concerns about the outlook, particularly from the most important member country, Germany. Uh, Their industrial production figures for um, July, they showed uh, a fifth consecutive monthly decline in the last seven months. And just to rub salt into the wound for people hoping for a rebound, um, manufacturing orders, well, they've been down now for six of the last seven months. So Germany at the moment looks as if it might be going through still something of a sluggish patch. And of course, what's bad news for Germany is going to be bad news for the Eurozone as a whole. So in the net terms, I think the as ECB concerned, no changes and expect the forward guidance still to stress the need for an accommodative policy and, of course, the fact that interest rates aren't going up any time in the near term. For the Bank of England, it's a similar sort of picture. In a sense, there's very little chance of any change on policy there, having only just seen interest rates going up last time. That was a 9-0 vote in favour of the 25 basis point hike to, what, 0.75%. That, I think, caught markets a little bit by surprise. And indeed, the bank did still retain um, a tightening bias. But all that said, you know, the data since then, it has been a bit mixed, but really it kind of suggests that the UK economy's growth anyway is sort of flatlining, maybe a little bit better this quarter than last quarter, but it's going nowhere in a hurry. And I think it seems increasingly it will get um, UK interest rates being kept, bank rate that is at 0.75% through the end of this year, and quite potentially until after the supposed Brexit date at the end of March next year. 
On that note, I should just quickly mention that uh, Mark Carney, the Bank of England governor, has officially now uh, it's been announced that he will be extending his period as governor. He was planning originally on leaving in the middle of next year. Uh, he's been persuaded to stay now until the end of January 2020. That's good news, I think, for the markets in the sense it's really just more of the same. Um, I think you know, the fact that the bank was prepared to react so quickly when we had the EU referendum announcement a couple of years ago uh, by cutting interest rates, that's been taken you know, quite well by financial markets. But it's always worth bearing in mind, too, I think, that if he does leave when he's supposed to now, which is, say, the end of January 2020, that's still right in the middle of the Brexit transition period. So once on paper, when we leave uh, the European Union in March next year, the transition period runs through to the end of the following year, during which time there's a lot of stuff that's going to have, still have to be sorted out. So bottom line is there's still a lot of potential for volatility in UK markets over coming months. Thank you, Jeremy. Mark, what's happening with inflation in the US? Uh, well, it's uh, it's an open question. Um, we get a lot of data this week uh, on inflation. We started off the August inflation data last week with a surprising 0.4% month-to-month rise in average hourly earnings. Uh, that was the last, that's a rare uh, size jump, uh, last match in 2017 and only exceeded during the hurricane disruptions of uh, last year, which we can get to, uh, of course, in a minute. Um, the year-on-year -year rate rose two-tenths to 2.9%, and that was last matched in 2009. So it looks like their employees are having to uh, pay more for their wages. And we saw it today, uh, further job market pressure in the JOLTS report. Uh, job openings are at 6.939 million which is well above uh, those looking for work uh, and well above the ability for employers to uh, find people for work. But this still hasn't um, uh, moved into general inflation yet. Uh, expectations are very modest here at a 0.3% overall rise, but for the core, only 0.2%. With this year-on-year -year rate, actually, the kind of con uh, consensus pointing for a bit of a downtick to 2.3% uh, for the core. Um, this runs a little bit over uh, the Fed's uh, uh, preferred uh, rate, which is the core PCE, and that is about right at 2%. So, the, in, excuse me, inflation is exactly right where the Fed wants it right now. And they don't want to see it creeping any higher. And with this um, uh, employment, the labor market really on fire right now, uh, lots of job openings, uh, inability for employers to find the people they need. We're getting early signs of wage inflation, yet we're not seeing any of this bleed over into overall inflation yet. And there really are no expectations for this, which really means ultimately that businesses are absorbing these price uh, pressures, not passing them on. And part of that is that part of that ability is the tax cut this year, which has increased their ability to do this, which is kind of, uh, an, as far as wages go, an uninflationary uh, factor. So it's an unfolding situation for the Federal Reserve. I don't think they really have any chance, uh, any choice, but to stick to their guns and raise rates uh, one notch at the month end FOMC. Uh, and that will create tensions, certainly for the administration, 
uh, which wants this boom, this economic boom to extend, to roll, to build up steam. And the Federal Reserve, which is facing uh, full employment, if not full employment, something very close to it and increasingly close to it, uh, where you could get an inflationary flashpoint. So uh, certainly the number of Americans looking for work uh, is uh, being drawn down. And the discouraged workers uh, haven't really been uh, flying into the workforce in any numbers yet. So uh, it's an open question right now. I think uh, it's a balancing act between uh, a fiscal stimulus and a very robust stock market and very robust uh, expectations both for the consumer and for businesses against uh, tightening capacity constraints. Thanks, Mark. Japan had a pleasant economic surprise over the weekend, well, Monday. Uh, Second quarter GDP was revised upward to an annualized growth rate of 3% from the earlier estimate of just 1.9%. And this was marked with improvement over the first quarter, which retreated, growth retreated, shrunk. 0.9%. The upward revision to headline GDP growth mainly reflects a stronger estimate for the growth in private non-residential investment. On the quarter, GDP increased 0.7%. Private non-residential investment is now estimated to have grown at 3.1% on the quarter, up from the preliminary 1.3%, which is considerable upward revision, with a contribution to headline growth from 2%, two-tenths of a percent to 0.5 percentage points. Revised estimates for the contributions to growth made by household consumption, private residential investment, public demand, and net exports were all unchanged from the preliminary estimates. Japan is home to many natural disasters. Now, over the past couple of weeks, that proved to be the case yet again. A powerful earthquake in Hokkaido followed on the heels of Typhoon Jebi earlier in the week that hit western Japan. Investors are waiting for damage assessments after the the earthquake and just the latest in a series of natural disasters to hit the country. The earthquake was of magnitude 6.7% and paralyzed the North Island, triggering landslides and knocking out power to 5.3 million residents. Jebi struck hardest at Kansai International Airport, Japan's third largest by traffic volume, which serves the the metropolitan area of Tokyo. With its runways and other facilities flooded and a connecting bridge damaged, making the airport to access by land very difficult. It is expected that the damage of the typhoon and the earthquake, for that matter, will slow Japan's industrial output going forward and will affect the economy as a whole because supply chains have been disrupted. Output had already been affected by heavy July rain and that the ty- and the typhoon would further depress output in the third quarter. Anne, are there any ideas how much of an impact it might have on third quarter growth? No, I haven't seen any estimates for the how much it would be revised, you know, would shrink. 
Right. Okay. But it, but you know it's historically a very volatile series uh, between revisions. <laughs> there can be an enormous differences. Right. So it's kind of hard to say what really <laughs> is happening. Thanks, guys. Till next week. <laughs>